This is an ABC podcast. So I've got to buy my mum a birthday present. But every year before her birthday, my mum always says the same thing. Nazim, don't spend your money on buying me a birthday present. What a bloody waste of money. Yeah, let me show you this WhatsApp forward about a brand new investment opportunity. All you need to do is invite three friends to each. Anyway, this year, I'm not going to put up a fight. I'm not going to buy her something new and buy her something expensive. I'm going to buy her something secondhand. But where to begin? Well, turns out there's a whole community of people online who know the ins and outs of buying and selling things secondhand, and they're making and saving heaps of cash. And I have found two of the best. You've basically decked out your new place with stuff that you found on Marketplace? That's right. Yeah. Completely. Mainly. All of it. Mainly. And and curbside pickups as well. That's Nat Demina and Marty Smiley. They're comedians who live together in a house full of secondhand stuff they've sourced on Facebook Marketplace. Now, it's important to say before we dig in too deep that obviously Facebook Marketplace isn't the only place you can buy and sell secondhand things. There's eBay, op shops, pawn shops, Gumtree, and so on. But we're focusing on Facebook Marketplace because it's what the people we spoke to talked about and would not stop talking about. I'm Nazim Hussain, and this is The Pineapple Project. Most of the stuff I've gotten, like, in my life... Yeah, in the I've last gotten decade. secondhand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you move out of home and, you know, you're a 20-something trying to survive, it's pretty much the only way to do it because everything mm. is extremely expensive in this country. Yeah, also yeah. the thrill of finding something that other people think is junk but there's, like, real value to you... Is a, yeah. It is. is ooh, it's exhilarating. exhilarating. Yeah. yeah. It's a rush. When I think of a rush, I think of bungee jumping, skydiving, or taking way more samples than you're supposed to at the local bakery. Not so much secondhand shopping. This is Dr. Yana Bowden, an expert in consumer psychology from Macquarie University. So this is really interesting because 92% of consumers are always looking for a bargain. Like, we are wired to find that bargain. And when we find a bargain, we get a chemical hit, and that chemical is dopamine to our brains. It makes us feel excited, we feel happy, we feel like we're winning. <laughs> we have pride in the bargains that we're, we're getting. So every time we feel that, of course, we want more of it because it makes us feel good. You know what? I want some of that. The bargain high. Ooh, because not only is that a seemingly clean and halal form of intoxicant, it's also a great way to save some cash. And that's what we're here for, folks. We have, like, other parts of the brain that come into play. So we've got this thing called the pleasure centre in our brain. It's called the nucleus ambens. And when we see something we like, that lights up and creates that excitement. But we also have this, like, pain centre, which kind of, like, is the rational kind of counter to that, the insula. And it's like, no, don't buy this. This is a bad mistake. You shouldn't be doing this. And then, of course, that chemical dopamine hit comes in (laughs) in our prefrontal cortex and we kind of think rationally, well, you know what? I shouldn't be buying. But that's a pretty good deal. So maybe I should buy. (laughs) So it's like really kind of complicated from the psychology perspective and like how our brains actually function. But at the end of the day, the story is, like I said, we're wired to get a bargain. We're wired to hunt for the bargain. And Nat and Marty are solid evidence of that hard wiring. Their place is full of marketplace purchases. The thing that the TV sits on, the TV stand, oh, yeah, the that's TV from cabinet. Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. We've yeah. got a, a, our bar, our liquor cabinet is our from couch. Facebook Marketplace. Couch. Our couch is Facebook Marketplace. Uh, Coffee table is Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Our TV is Facebook Marketplace. Oof. A whole bunch of art. Your bed? No, no beds. We draw, we draw the line of beds. We're not getting <laughs> <Okay>. beds. There's <laughs> no. no secondhand beds. That's filthy. 
So Nat and Marty are clearly instinctive bargain hunters. And it's a jungle out there, but they must have some rules, right? One thing you've got to get right with is that there are no rules. Like it's <laughs> oh my God. it's a free for all out there. Look, I it remember is a bit of a wild west. I remember once getting a TV from Facebook Marketplace, making the deal to like pick it up at five o'clock in the afternoon that day, mm. and it was a, such a great deal. It was six hundred bucks. Got him down to four hundred. This massive sixty-five inch TV. It was a good deal. Anyway, yeah. At four thirty, I message him, tell him, "Hey, I'm on my way." I'm with Marty in the car and he says, man, someone just picked it up like an hour ago. But you had a deal. I had a deal. In writing. I had a deal and he'd given me the address. He'd given me everything. I was so, I was livid. I was like, I was going to report him to Facebook. I was so angry. I couldn't believe it. So right then you learned your first lesson of Facebook Marketplace that there are no rules. Trust no one. Trust, Trust no, no one. one. Trust, Trust no, no one. one. The mistake he made was sending me the address because now I'm just signing up for like <laughs> <laughs> junk mail services. There's pizzas coming to his house. All right, any other rules about Facebook Marketplace? Others is like don't overly lowball. Like right. you're not going to get what you want if you're lowballing. Mm. Okay. So if there's something advertised, there's a, there's a couch mm. yeah. advertised on Facebook Marketplace. It's asking for 200 bucks. How do you start that negotiation? What's your first message sound like? There's a lot of different factors to consider. The yeah. first one I consider, because I'm, I'm sort of the deal king in yeah. this in, 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 in our partnership. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Basically, got to know your strengths. You want to look at how long it's been up. Right. So yeah. if it's been up there for a week, then they're not getting what they want. Yeah. Mm. And if it's been up for a week, then I should be able to offer 50% of what they're offering because yeah. they're not getting the price. They're not getting a, yeah, they're not getting an offer. Uh, Other okay. first move you got to do is people are more likely to sell if you tell them, hey, I've got cash, I'll pick it up tomorrow. That's right. true. Or today. So it seems like there are some very complex psychological games being played in the world of secondhand goods purchasing. But that's just from the perspective of the buyer. And there's two sides to this coin. Secondhand trading isn't just about saving money as a buyer. You can make money on the stuff you don't need or even just stuff you find. We found a master of the art of secondhand sales, specialising in curbside finds. And she is making us all look like fools. We put something out on the nature strip, she scoops it up and flips it and makes a packet. Her secrets are such that we actually can't reveal her true identity. So, for the purposes of this story, we're going to call her Isabel. How much money have you made this year on Marketplace? Um, about $2,500. Two and a half thousand dollars? That was just in the last year, I would say. Like I said, Isabel depends on curbside discoveries as her stock in trade. She'll stumble upon something you thought was hard rubbish and she'll hear ka-ching! I think some people feel embarrassed about doing it, but I was not brought up that way. So if there's if there's a council clear out on or if someone's getting rid of stuff, I'll go investigate. It's so sad walking past perfectly usable things and knowing that they're just going to end up in landfill. Like, it makes me sad. So what sorts of stuff um, do you find in other people's hard rubbish or just rubbish? All sorts of stuff. People are crazy. They throw out so much stuff that's perfectly usable. I found some roller skates that were... Lovely blue suede roller skates, so I sold them on. I was tempted to keep them, but I thought I might injure myself. So So people buy used shoes and footwear? Yep. So when it comes to finding stuff or scouting for good stuff from people's rubbish, what what tips do you have? Um, I think the more you do it, the better your eye gets for it. 
So I can see a chair leg sticking out and I'm like, oh, that's a nice cigar tapered chair leg. So then I'll go investigate further. I'm not big on refurbishing stuff because I just don't really think I have the time to put into it. So I like to just get stuff I can sell straight away without doing too much to it. How do you know where there's going to be hard rubbish? I don't do this professionally. So I just walk around and I'm like, oh, there's an armchair. I'll take it. But I do know there's like street bounty Facebook groups or you can look up when the council clearouts are on. So you find what you like, then you take it home. Then what do you do? How do you make, how do you turn that into cash? What's the next step? Take some nice pictures of it. So you want to get pictures in natural daylight because everything always looks nice with some sunshine on it. Okay. What's a nice picture look like? If it's a chair, do you just put it against a white wall or do you... Yeah, a white wall is really good. Okay. Sometimes you put a, putting a pot plant with it always makes it look nicer. I heard this exact tip. Having a plant in the photo makes it look prettier. Yeah. How do you go about haggling with buyers? Ooh. That's a good one. Do you enjoy that? Not really. Some people are very cheeky on Facebook. And if I have something up for 100, they'll say, will you take 50? Which is a 50% discount. You're not walking into a store asking someone for a 50% discount. So often I'll come back with a counter offer somewhere in the middle and then I'm happy with that. I don't price up too often because often you'll get the full asking price and I don't want to, I don't want to completely rip people off. So, But I usually am willing to accept like a 20% discount. But beyond that, I think it's too cheeky. Some people love haggling. Everyone's got that friend who, when you're travelling overseas, just bargains way too hard at a night market that it becomes super embarrassing. And I am proud to say that I am not that friend. I'm friends with that friend, and that's embarrassing enough. Anyway, here's Dr. Yana Bowden again. Do you know the sellers on Facebook Marketplace, the ones who are obviously cagey and experienced, they write this little like comment at the bottom, this is a hard price, there will be no bargaining. <laughs> the price is firm, please do not ask, and if you ask, you'll be blocked. <laughs> so like, you're pretty clear on what you're going to get, but where you don't see that little rider, it's always worth a crack, don't you think? Like, you know, wheeling and dealing. It is a bit wild west out there on Facebook Marketplace. Why not put an offer forward? Why not try and get it for a little bit cheaper, you know, than you had seen it listed for? You know, after all, we all like to feel like we're savvy shoppers. Yes, we do. But I don't just want to feel like a savvy shopper. I want to know I am. And I want the seller to know it too. My sort of top tip is patience. Right. Yeah. Never, when you need something really quickly, probably don't go to Marketplace. Yeah. Like, maybe if you're lucky, you might get something quickly. Yeah. But if you want something for a good price, then sit on an item for three to four weeks. Yeah. One tactic that we have, you know, sometimes employed in the past is sometimes we'll negotiate in tandem. So we'll f- have it. <laughs> what do you mean? No, so that's price gouging. <laughs> don't, don't tell Nazim that. Oh, you mean you set up another account? Yes. No, as in I, I, will, I will message the person <laughs> say, oh, message. hey, look, I'm willing to offer this and I'll really lowball them and then Marty will come up with like a slightly better offer. It makes his offer look a bit better. <laughs> look, we're not... That's, that's not, not, that's not, that's not, not illegal. Yeah, Marty, it's not we're illegal. honestly, okay? It's, we're not recommending doing that. However, yeah. it, it is a good way to yeah. suss them out right. because you can really find out whether they're like... You can smoke out their bottom price. Yes, and also you can suss out whether they mean business. And it's not all sunshine and thumbs-up emojis on the World Wide Web. Much like the race of humans that populate it, the internet is full of baddies. You're online to save money, and I don't think it's very frugal if you wind up getting scammed and losing your money... 
there are so many scammers on Facebook Marketplace. Things can go wrong pretty easily. There was some research done that found that 17% of buyers on Facebook Marketplace got scammed in their purchases. And the other thing is that there are six fake Marketplace ads every minute. Oh my gosh, every minute of every day globally on Facebook Marketplace. It is the place where if you are not careful, you know, you can get yourself into some trouble and lose a lot of cash. So, you know, make sure that you're, you know, being careful with the ads that you're responding to. Make sure that you, as much as possible, can check out that the seller is, you know, legit and safe to buy from. And then make sure you're buying, you know, with a payment option that gives you some coverage, like, you know, PayPal goods and services is my recommendation from personal experience. How do you suss out whether someone is trying to scam you or it's a dodgy product or you're going to be screwed over in some way? If they're trying to sell too quick, yeah, you already know yeah. you're in trouble. And really, you can kind of tell like what what's a scam and what isn't from like the uh, images used, yep. like the text in the description. Yeah, if there's too many emojis, probably a scam. If there's no punctuation, <laughs> like it's a it's a if warning no, sign. Yeah, if there's no punctuation, which is one long sentence. If no one's put effort into the description, yeah. like it's just a bit sketchy. It becomes yeah. sketchier yeah. if yeah, certain okay. things. Like, if there's only one photo, yeah. mm. you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. Do you ever go to their actual personal Facebook <laughs> yes. page just to get a sense of yep. what they're like as a person? Yep. Oh, really? Do we have, yeah, often, often cases you have mutuals. Yep. Mutual oh. friends, mm-hmm. which is a big... Because then you go, oh, well, I'm, I've got two mutual friends with them, so if they do me dirty, I can just get in contact with them and go, oh, what's up with this guy? And, yeah. and, and vice versa. There's something great about getting advice on how not to get scammed by a couple of guys who seem to skirt the edges of scamming themselves. But because this is the national broadcaster speaking to you right now, I figure I better do slightly better than that. My name is Jared Brody. I'm the CEO of Consumer Action Law Centre. The Consumer Action Law Centre is where a lot of people go asking for help when they come off second best after an online transaction. So Jared knows what's up. There will be rules on Facebook itself that people shouldn't mislead when selling goods. Any description or photo of the goods should fit with what's being sold. And so they're important protections that, uh, you know, will will exist. But... Ah, there's the but. The consumer law in Australia, it really only applies to suppliers of goods or services that are acting, you know, as a business. If you're just selling individual to individual, uh, the same uh, protections don't necessarily apply. Okay, so there are laws, but they're more about when you buy something from a brick-and-mortar retailer, not so much some guy named Mick who insists on meeting at a disused bus stop. But that's not to say it's a legal wasteland out there. The seller must give you what they've promised to give you. But in practice, exercising those rights and getting the just outcome, there are real barriers for people. And so we see people, you know, we give them advice. Yes, you do have rights, but you have to do X, Y and Z to get there, like go to a civil administrative tribunal and they give up, right? It's too difficult. The cost of the product isn't that high. They'll just move on. Consumer Action has helped people who have braved the online jungle many, many times. So they've got some good tips on how to reduce your chances of getting bitten. Yeah, I think if you're transacting online, it's really important to take steps to uh, identify the trustworthiness of the other partner that you're dealing with. Um, You know, perhaps get contact them outside the platform (laughs) uh, is the first tip. Um, Another tip is that dealing with a business perhaps, or even if it's an individual, seeing if you can pay through a credit card or a a debit card. What that gives you is what's called chargebacks. 
so that if the product doesn't arrive or it's not what was described, then you can seek a refund directly from your bank. And that's a really important protection that not many people are aware of when you buy online. And I think that, you know, if it's in your local community, just going and seeing the person, having that opportunity to meet them face-to-face, see the goods up front, and then committing to the transaction, more effective than buying something without knowing it, relying on a delivery that may or may not happen. I keep coming back to Dr Yana Bowden's words about the dopamine hit you get from finding a bargain. And it makes me think, if you get enough bargains buying secondhand stuff online, you're probably not getting that much of a bargain anymore. Like, the better you get at bargain hunting, the more bargains you find. You master the art, and suddenly, you're like some hunter, just suffocating under the weight of all the lion skins. How much money, all up, if you give us a, a ballpark figure, how much money do you think you've saved since going on Facebook Marketplace? Oh, oh I mean, uh, I'd say it's been priceless. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, Basically, you can't do the maths. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, if we tried to, I mean, look, we're also Thousands spending money on useless shit. Yeah, so like, thousands you know, of it's, dollars. It's, it's, it's uh, it like balances nah, out. Like I, like I just bought a virtual reality headset, and like all the money I'd saved on Facebook Marketplace yeah, and all it's, that, it's, it's just gone into that. Purchases. It's all gone into that. So it's just one big ecosystem of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all capitalism at the end yeah. of the day, Nazim. <laughs> That's about all for this episode of The Pineapple Project. But before we let you go, here are my top tips to spin the circular economy in your favour. Are you ready? One, strike while the iron is hot. The guy agreed to sell you his couch? Get the couch, give him your cash and get the hell out of there. Good things come to those who don't wait. Two, play detective. Talk with the seller outside of the platform. Check if you've got some social connections in common. Get as much info as you can. Just don't do anything illegal. Three, if you can, pay with a bank card. If the deal goes south, a lot of banks can actually get you your money back. Four, be smart when you haggle. Don't lowball, be reasonable. You wouldn't walk into a store and ask for 50% off. Or wait, would you? Five, if you're selling, nice pictures are your best friend. Make sure to pop the object against a white wall in some natural light. And if you can, get a plant in the shot. And six, second-hand shopping's good, but just shop for the things you actually need, like mum's birthday present. Hey, if you liked what you listened to, make sure you tell everyone you know, your family, your friends, tell your neighbours. The next time you're taking their hard rubbish, tell them. Hey, have you heard about The Pineapple Project? It's a podcast all about saving cash by taking your neighbour's stuff and earning money from it. Next time on The Pineapple Project, there's never enough time, is there? We take a bite into the food trends that save you time and money with The Pineapple Take on Meal Prep. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app. My stand-up was mostly me talking about experiences of racism, you know, and I had no shortage of material. A comedian and two ASIO agents walk into a bar. Sounds like a joke, but it's a true story. And the comedian, he's being questioned over the likelihood of his Islamic radicalisation while ordering the most expensive thing 
on the menu. Uh, we would joke about ASIO following us. We would have phone conversations pretending to be ASIO. We'd call up each other and pretend to be ASIO just to scare the other person. That's just one of the stories that we have for you on the latest season of Days Like These. The little nun said, What to be sure? You'd never be able to carry that. It's way too heavy. Just post it. And I felt so much guilt. I actually saw the bolt coming towards me. I thought, you know, someone's got me with a bazooka. I didn't think I had that many people I'd rejected. <laughs> Seeing her on the screen, this gorgeous little jelly bean, like, in my heart, I knew I had to give it a chance. I'm Elizabeth Coolass. Join me on Days Like These for stories about the day when everything changed. Well, they said, oh, there's something wrong with your home. And it's like, well, duh, right? Like I'm in a wheelchair. Episodes drop weekly starting February 9.